the Lake of the Ozarks only community radio station. That's right, you've got a hand in it, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, September 14th. This weekend, motorcycle enthusiasts from all over the United States will be rumbling their way to Lake of the Ozarks for the 16th annual Lake of the Ozarks Bike Fest. With live music, bike giveaways, and over 300 bars and restaurants participating, there's plenty of fun to be had at Bike Fest. More information at lakebikefest.com. A wanted felon was apprehended Monday by Camden County Sheriff's deputies. 36-year-old Rory Borden was arrested for charges of domestic assault and armed criminal action. When police searched the residence, they reportedly discovered meth and drug paraphernalia. Borden was transferred to the Camden County Jail and is being held without bond. A local church donated over 430 items to Camden schools. Harper Chapel United Methodist Church in Osage Beach recently held an Undie Sunday event where church members donated new underwear and t-shirts. Undie Sunday is part of the school's Looking Good program, which helps provide kids in need with clothes. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what what were the events? What are the things behind the scenes here? What, what led to this? Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present-day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why. It, well, it's because the news told us. Join Professor Jim Paisley Thursdays and Saturdays at 6 a.m., 2 p.m., and 10 p.m. for the True History Professor program on 89.3 The Key. Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. The uh, Major League Baseball season starting to wind down now. We've got a little over two weeks left in the regular season. Then come the playoffs. Cardinals, looks like uh, the Redbirds are going to be into the postseason. Of course, the Royals will not be. Cardinals in first place in the division, and they are in the midst of a two-game series against the team trying to chase them down. The Milwaukee Brewers, at a quick two-game series, wraps up today, and then it's the Cincinnati Reds in town for a five-game series starting tomorrow, a four-game series plus a doubleheader on Saturday, so a whole lot of games in a short amount of time. As for the Royals, they will wrap up, or they uh, have game two of a three-game series against the Twins today. They'll finish off that series tomorrow and then head to Boston to play the Red Sox this weekend. Tomorrow night, it's game two of the season for the Chiefs as they have the Chargers at home. The Chiefs, of course, won the opener big at Arizona. 
The Chargers won their opener at home against the Raiders, so those two teams tied for first place. The winner will come out still in first place in the AFC West. As for high school football Friday night, Camdenton 3-0 at home against 0-3 Parkview. Eldon is 3-0 on the season. They hit the road to play rival Osage Friday night. You can see that game on Lake TV, the COMC pregame show at 6.30. Kickoff at 7, Eldon at Osage Friday night on Lake TV. For sales, we'll be at home to Hallsville. Saturday, Mizzou Tigers at home against Abilene Christian. Tigers 1-1. Also Saturday, the MSU Bears 2-0 on the road to play Arkansas. That's going to be a tough one. Hey, KB is on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns, 7.02 a.m., 5.02 and 11.02 p.m. you got to check them out. Lake TV was six local Lake Area shows, and they're all greatness, including the Community Spotlight Show every day at 9.02, 3.02, and 7.02. On the Community Spotlight Show, it's an interview, new interview with a different person every week, somebody important in the community, business leaders, nonprofit leaders. It's uh, something you want to see. Hey, you can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. If you don't get Como, you can watch absolutely free on Roku. Just do a search for Lake TV. And you can also watch it streaming live all the time on your computer at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Creation Expo. Imagine this. Jesus finds two fishermen casting their nets and says, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they drop their nets and follow him. Then Jesus runs into another fisherman, John. But instead of following Jesus, John says, I believe in your ministry, Jesus, but I operate a profitable fishing business and have a life and responsibilities. I'll stay here, but I'll serve you by telling all my clients the good news. Is this John a follower of Jesus? The obvious answer is, of course not not. Staying behind is pretty much the opposite of following, no matter how you spin it. The gospel is not just believing, it's doing the will of the Lord. Jesus' words are recorded in John 14, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. We can be a little conflicted about Jesus' message, being so involved with church activities and such that we forget Jesus' commandment to go into the world and make disciples. Consider then becoming a true follower.
If you'd like to become a content provider, simply contact the Lakes Community Radio Station at 89.3, The Key. Well, here we are. It is 8.08, and it is the place to be every Monday through Friday for The Daily Show, and I hope that uh, you are off to a good start. I want to say uh, thank you so much to um, a very, very special lady who has been just uh, amazing to be around and be with and uh, and spend some time with and uh, just to uh, get to know her better. She is an amazing person, and I am uh, better off because of it. And I'm also better off because of all the wonderful folks that uh, respond to my Facebook posts. I try to put something on there positive every morning, and I love saying good morning to folks and letting people know that uh, today is going to be an awesome day, just like every other day. But uh, thank you so much for your support, and uh, thank you for uh, helping me with uh, support as well. A lot of folks know that I've been uh, going through some stuff, and uh, it's been been a little rough, but... Uh, Overall, man, I get uh, a little stronger each day, and my sobriety continues, and there's just a lot of really cool stuff going on right now. And so for all the stuff that kind of gets you down and bums you out and uh, could put you in kind of a funk, um, just got a lot of great people watching my back, and I certainly appreciate that. We are uh, off to another, (laughs) just another incredible day weather-wise. And um, it's going to be a warm one. It is right now. It is, and I need to double check on this because this number kind of throws me for a loop as far as the current temperature. And it says 60 degrees in Osage Beach. It uh, is 60 degrees, plenty of sunshine. And on top of it all, we've got to 59 in Camdenton. So, what is it going to be like today? Well, as I said, sunny and warm. A high today of around 88 degrees, 61 the, no, uh, the low with a, a clear sky. Partly cloudy in 86 tomorrow, partly cloudy in 87 on Friday, sunny in 89 on Saturday. Then plenty of sunshine, and again, it looks like that warm-up is uh, going to come back full force. We'll get some more summer-like weather. Sunny in 92 on Sunday, sunny in 96 on Monday. Sunny and 96 on Tuesday of next week, and sunny and 92 on Wednesday of next week as well. But uh, then we start to fall back into the more fall-like temperatures. I think I have said that the last three mornings in a row, that we will hit that uh, summer-like weather. Mother Nature just letting us know who's in control. And then uh, kind of fall back into more of a fall-like mode here at the beautiful Lake of the Ozarks. Today is the 14th day of September. And you are listening to The Daily Show as we broadcast live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. Current conditions at Bagnell Dam. Right now, lake level at 658.16. River level at 552.28. And the surface water temperature is 78 degrees. Ike Skelton, the next presiding commissioner of Camden County, joins us uh, this hour. Next hour, of course, Professor Jim Paisley, the true history professor. He will be in to uh, tell us more about the Civil War. And as I had stated and uh, posted in our little preview to the show, is there a Civil War on the horizon for the United States of America? A lot of people would think that, uh, yes, maybe this is true. Some people say, no, everything's great, everything's wonderful, everything's fine. 
But, uh, yeah, there are some uh, folks out there that think maybe uh, we're headed in that general direction with a lot of the things that are going on. Ike Skelton, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, my friend. How are you today? Well, I, I know just, you how great you are. You're I doing am, great. I'm You're just, looking good, too, thank dude. You, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, just, you know, going to the gym has just been a life change for me as well. And I want to send out a uh, shout-out to uh, Rana and Paul Schaefer, who own Abs and Glutes in the Lynn Creek Industrial Park. I've known Rana and Paul for a lot of years. And uh, they are very dedicated to uh, getting people to understand and realize that uh, a part of your makeup is uh, is just, you know, staying healthy. You, you've got so many things that you need to keep healthy, your mind, your body, your soul. And it seems like uh, here lately everything has just been kind of falling into place for me. And so I just... I'm very grateful to have a place like that to work out and uh, some great people that own that facility as well. So, yeah, man. Yeah, you know, they used to, uh, you didn't have to have those places because we all worked very hard, right? We had to hoe our own <laughs> gardens and uh, and till the fields and with uh, didn't have the big tractors and all that stuff. And, and people only lived to about 40 and 50, so, yeah. you know, on average. So I don't know what's better. Uh, this lifestyle we have now to where you have to go to a gym because you're not working out anywhere or you're not working physically much anymore or... Or, uh, so I don't know. We're doing better, I guess. Life expectancy is higher. It's going down a little bit over COVID. Now it's going back up a little bit. But uh, it's amazing, thing- though. You know, those people that were only living into their forties and early fifties, they found a way. Sure, sure. They absolutely. they did whatever they had to do, and 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 at that particular time, the mindset was a lot different as far oh, as yeah. uh, how you keep yourself healthy. But uh, a lot of hard work, obviously, and 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 people, I think, took a lot more pride in what it is that they did. And, you know, if you had to get out there and plow the field, if you had to get out there and, I don't know, um, you were a construction worker or, or building things or, or whatever you did, people took a great deal of pride in making sure that they were there to do the job every day. And then, of course, they got to reap the benefits of the completed project, whether it was uh, pulling in uh, the corn or, you know, baling the hay or uh, watching a building go up and seeing it uh, completed and knowing that they had a hand in it. And that, uh, that, that <clears throat> excuse me, that does a lot of good for the overall mental state of a person, uh, their emotional state, because, you know, they they had a responsibility they knew they had a responsibility they fulfilled that responsibility and uh, then they as i said got to reap the benefits in their labor you know i get that because um i mean what i do every day is very rewarding honestly to be able to help people out when they're in a when they're in a pinch uh but my dad uh you know worked as a heavy equipment operator and he worked on the arch when they were building it did he now yeah he did so uh yeah yeah he uh, helped how cool put is it. that yeah exactly see like you were just saying you could be a part of those sorts of things you know i i uh, worked on the airport expansion in st louis so as long as that's stays there i can drive by it and say yep i helped put that in and and the bridge going over the uh creve core lake mm-hmm. uh in uh in creve core there of the page extension i worked on that so every time we drive by that bridge so yeah i get what you're saying man that's kind of cool to be able to do that pointed yeah i helped build that building or do this or whatever um that, that does help a good mental state like i said that's why i partially enjoy being a, a big part of why i enjoy being a locksmith you know yeah. that just meet some people in some of their worst little times they're having at least for that moment and and uh, get them taken care of for less than they ever thought it was going to be, and get them down the road. So they uh, they, they kind of freak out there for a little bit, 
Yeah. And they're like, nah, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm locked out of my car. I'm locked out of my house. <clears throat> or I've got a situation where, you know, I need to uh, change up my life a little bit. So in doing so, I need to change my locks. Yeah. yeah. Rekey my locks. Or... You bet. You bet. All kinds of different situations. So I enjoy helping people out. So, yeah, you're right. You know, and, and you know, we didn't have the processed foods and the refined sugars and the high fructose corn syrup and all these things, you know, uh, back in the day. Uh, people didn't really, I don't, I don't even know, did, uh, you know, in the 30s, 40s, 20s, 1800s, did they think about eating healthy? There was, I mean, you had what you had. You had vegetables and you had meat, right? So mm-hmm. um, you pretty much ate healthy if you got to eat. I think that was probably the, the trick right there is how often you actually got to eat uh, more than what you ate. So, um, you know, we got it really good. Um, God's done, uh, give, blessed us uh, mightily. We have, uh, um, we've taken advantage of some of that. We've uh, uh, been thankful for some of that. And we've, you know, used some of it for good, some of it for bad, just like, uh, you know, generations before us. Uh, we've just become a little more technologically advanced and, and uh, able to do some things that they couldn't do, you know, a thousand years ago. But if they could have done it a thousand years ago, I'm sure they would have. Yeah, this is very true. It's and there isn't anything new under the sun. It's all just being done in a different way. War has been going on forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it just happens a different way. Um, you know, homicide, murder, thieving, uh, whatever. That's all been going on forever. We're just doing it in a different way. And um, humans aren't a whole lot different. We just have different tools to work with now. So <clears throat> let's get an update on uh, just exactly what it is that uh, you are doing now as you prepare yourself to um, step into a an office that uh, uh, provides uh, a great service for uh, people in Camden County and the responsibility that comes with it. And, and that's an interesting question. Do you realize and understand the magnitude of the responsibility that comes with that office? And certainly different strokes for different folks. They uh, They expect different things. They want to see Good things come to Camden County, and good things happen in Camden County. But maybe prior to running, or maybe even as you were running, and certainly now that uh, you have been elected by the people, do you understand the amount of responsibility that rests on your shoulders? And um, have you had time to kind of, as they say, drink that in? And if so, how does it affect your mindset? Well, you know, it is it is a uh, a terrific responsibility, and, and no, that probably hasn't completely sunk in yet. I'd imagine it will when the first uh, uh, crisis of some nature comes around. That'll really sink in, but I get it. Uh, I'm thankful that I'm not the only one there. As a matter of, you know, I mean, there's two other individuals, commissioners, so um, Don Williams and James Gohagen. They're both good guys, and I think that uh, the three of us can get together and accomplish some very good things for Camden County, and uh, I think that's uh, uh, part of the key to it is making sure that that team works together. Uh, it's a little odd, you know, with Sunshine Law and the way we have to do things, um, but uh, we've come up with some thought processes already that will help us work through a lot of things in transparency and just work through all the issues of the county in general and uh, have the public involved in, in every bit of it um, the best we can. I went to a school board meeting the other night. And uh, the first thing they did was they had a working session, and then after that they had the actual school board meeting. Uh-huh. And uh, it's a fantastic way of doing things. I've thought about doing things exactly the same way, and uh, I'm looking at how that's going to uh, come about. Uh, but the work that we have to do, you know, it, it is a great responsibility. 
yet at the same time, um, there are fantastic people that work for the county, uh, for Camden County, and uh, they do a great job every single day. Um, it's my responsibility to make sure that they have the tools to do the job that they need to do. Uh, I've been sitting in on budget um, discussions already. And uh, I've got another one this morning uh, dealing with maintenance in the county. Um, and then uh, this afternoon, they're looking at some uh, some new hires. I'm going to sit in on that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is a big responsibility and an awful lot of moving parts. I didn't really realize, um, I guess, honestly, how many moving parts it is, um, even though the commission, um, you know, the, the commission has... You know, it's parts of, of the county, as it were, road and bridge and maintenance and, and IT and some other things. But um, when it gets right down to it, you know, you have, what, seven or eight other elected individuals that uh, the sheriff's department, they uh, they handle their own thing. The prosecutor handles their thing. Um, uh, recorder and treasurer and, and um, you know... Uh, Marty over there, and, and so recorder of deeds and everything. So all of the, the assessors, so all of those folks have uh, their own jobs to do. And thankfully, I don't have to worry about what all their jobs are. I need mm. to know what they are, yeah. um, uh, but I don't need to do their jobs. So that's good. They, they can do their own jobs. So um, I think, again, you're right. It is a great responsibility, yet with the team that we have, um, I, I don't think it's going to be as uh, daunting um, as maybe some think it is. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be, I mean, you know, you ask, what am I doing? I'm trying to transition from my business right. uh, out of that because I really, I really want to focus 100% on, uh, on the county and doing that job. I look at it as a full-time job uh, in one capacity or another, whether mm-hmm. it's out running the roads or sitting in that office or being in Jefferson City or in somebody else's county or uh, whatever, talking about different things and, and trying to move all of the counties of Missouri forward as well as Camden County. Um, and uh, so I think it's going to be a big deal. Trying to transition out of that is becoming a little tough, though, uh, because it's all kind of blending in right now. I haven't been able to just completely forget. You know, I mean, the campaign is one thing, and then running is another, and doing the jobs are different, right? So I was hoping that once campaign mode was over, I could forget about the rest of the, you know, actually running the job until I was able to transition out of the locksmithing. Uh, but it's kind of blending itself in. So yeah. that's all right. I'm... Um, I'm used to multitasking. I'm used to a lot of balls being up in the air at one time, and I think that's going to. Uh, I'm finding that that's a very important uh, uh, ability uh, in this uh, new position. So, how important is it, Ike, to be able to utilize the experience of people that have been doing that job? Because I would imagine, as you try to make the transition, <clears throat> excuse me, that you get to a point where there are certainly things that you just don't know or maybe you have you know a a basic knowledge but you don't have that depth in terms of experience and being able to talk to someone who heads up a department and and not just the person who heads up the department but people who have worked in that department and understand the inner workings if you will uh that has got to be something that uh uh, you look at and I mean, with a wealth of experience, it kind of helps you move through things a little easier. Well, I think one of the biggest um, areas there is is a new guy coming in thinking that they know how to do everything better right. and uh, taking some big uh, chopping axe and just changing the entire uh, process and the entire system uh, to the way they think it needs to be done. And I think that would be a very big mistake. So maybe, you know, kind of 
really seeing some mistakes of the past and some good things of the past um, is is very vital because I don't want to make those same mistakes. I want to learn from those mistakes that other folks have made, I think, is very important. And, um, again, uh, realizing and understanding that this system works just fine, you know, and if I wasn't there tomorrow, it's still going to work just fine. Right, you know? sure, so, sure. So, um, I'm not going to go in with any kind of uh, uh, big chopping axe, but at the same time, you know, there are things that need to be changed. There are some things that could be done differently, and um, really getting everybody on board to go down that road is, a, uh, I think, a critical part of how to do it. Um, like I said, I don't want to go in there with a wrecking ball and just try to change everything. Yeah. I know everything that's going on because I don't. Um, so I, I, I say often, you know, I don't even know what I don't know yet. So, you know, so, uh, yeah, and, and it's great. The, you know, there's the um, Greg Hasty has told me if I ever need any questions, you know, if I ever have any questions of him, ask him. He'll help me out, whatever. He's been uh, quite gracious and everything going on. And, and uh, you know, and, and Don's been around. James has been around for a while. And, and I'd imagine if I needed to call Chris Franken and ask him about something that went on, uh, he, he will also. And he's told me, call me anytime, and I'll, I'll help you out, you know. So those folks are willing to uh, help out and, and uh, get things going, you know, and, and helping us as we need it. One thing we are losing and is, is a great wealth of information. That is uh, Charlie McElway is retiring at the end of this year, the county attorney. And uh, he takes uh, some 30 years of county knowledge uh, out the door with him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he hasn't always worked directly for the commission, but he's been contracted by the county for a very long time. Yeah. And that is just a, a a treasure trove of information and, and things that have gone on in the past. And, and uh, he'll be leaving at the end of the year, and we've hired uh, a new individual and offered a new individual a contract. So um, that'll be an interesting change, I'm sure, for the entire county. Um, so it's kind of kind of neat. Maybe it's all happening at one time. You know, we'll all, we'll all work through that learning curve at the same time. If I could put in a little plug, we're also losing someone. The Camden County Circuit Clerk, Joe McElwee, who is retiring yes, at the end of the sure, year, at yes, the end uh-huh. of this term as well. And uh, I've known Joe for a lot of years, and I know that she is an incredible person who, serving the people of Camden County has always been her top priority, and she has always been ready, willing, and able to uh, step in and offer assistance whenever she can to people. And so often people come into that office and they have a question or they're confused or maybe they're just concerned because they don't know what direction to go. And Joe and all the folks that work in that office are just uh, amazing people. And, of course, uh, Kayla Henry is going to step in and take over. And so uh, that uh, office will definitely be uh, in good hands once uh, January 2nd rolls around and everyone is sworn in. Yeah, I think we've. Um, I think we got a good group of folks. You know, really, I do. I think uh, Kayla's going to do a fantastic job. She's been doing it for a long time. I would think she could just step right in there and keep on rolling. You right. Know? So uh, I'm looking forward to January one. I really am. Uh, we got to get through November eighth, but <laughs> I think we can do that. I'll vote for me. Maybe you'll vote for me, and then you know we'll get at least two votes. Uh, my wife will vote for me probably. So there's three. So <laughs> so uh, you know we'll we'll, we'll probably that we'll would pro- certainly that would certainly not be good. <laughs> yeah. If the folks and and so there are a lot of things on this uh, uh, on this ballot for the general election, and you touched on one of them, and that uh, you and I were talking off the air about the legalization of recreational marijuana in the state of Missouri. And so often people here, and and this is this is why doing your research on a particular topic is is, is so very important. <clears throat> Fact of the matter is, is that. 
there are a lot of people out there that would like to see marijuana legalized on a recreational level in the state of Missouri. And so that seems to be what is pulling people in. That's what people are gravitating towards as far as this issue. But we know that it always makes sense to read the ballot language because there are sometimes uh, uh, certain situations, certain ballot issues that if you don't read between the lines and you don't make uh, an attempt to read the fine print, other things uh, have a way of kind of creeping in there. And I think uh, maybe during the break here at the bottom of the hour, we'll see if we can't find uh, that issue and, and, and just let people know what is on the ballot. Now, if it gets shot down, well... Maybe that's because there's uh, too much uh, additional pork, as they say in there. Yeah, you know, I sat in on um, a few, several sessions ago. Paul Kurtman, Representative Paul Kurtman at the time, was going to uh, get hemp, uh, commercialized hemp, uh, legalized in the state of Missouri for production and farmers to use, at which I, I find it fascinating. It's illegal to begin with, to farm hemp. I don't mm-hmm. get it, but... It should have been a very simple thing. You know, you can grow tomatoes in the state of Missouri. You can grow hemp in the state of Missouri. End of subject. But it wasn't. It was a multiple-page bill that had this licensing and that licensing and this permission and that permission and and this whatever and, and just a bunch of bureaucratic government garbage that just did not need to exist. And it's my understanding uh, this uh, uh, recreational marijuana ballot initiative has a bunch of garbage in it that folks that want nothing to do with marijuana uh, really don't want anything to do with some of the strings that are in that bill as well. So, and even those of that maybe want marijuana legal, I would hope would be able to look at the bill and find out that in, or the ballot language and and see that there's a lot of things in there that that we just don't want. I remember seeing something about an equity officer or something of this nature. So I, yeah, if we can look this up at the bottom of the hour and or maybe even next Wednesday, if I have to take that much time to really research it and look it up, I should have already. Forgive me, I didn't. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, it just came across uh, another network I was or a platform that I was looking on, and uh, I was like, wow, this is going to be very very tough to beat because so many people, I think, um, I mean, they obviously got enough signatures to get it on the ballot, right? That to get in a, that's, a, that's a big deal already mm-hmm. right there, just to get it on the ballot. So if you've got that many people on to, get, to have gotten it on the ballot, um, you know, I think it's going to be a big issue. I mean, look at every, is there a state that has put it on the ballot that it didn't pass? Do you know? I don't think there is. Well, <clears throat> I think every state that's put it right on the ballot has passed. I think so. And I think it's passed handily. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, and, of course, there's taxes in there and, you know, whatever. You talk about mm, whatever, I guess, tax it, tax it, whatever. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm more concerned with some of the strings and some of the – always these unintended consequences, man. You you know, what was that uh, bill they did just uh, a few years – Clean Missouri, was that what it was? Yes. Yes, and there were like five different issues in there. And if you didn't look a little deeper into all of them, um, you know, we've got some serious problems. One of them was redistricting, wasn't right, it? Right, So that was a big problem. And then, you know, they had a campaign finance language in there and everybody thought you know you get money out of politics no you don't you just spend it in a different way so need to read this a lot deeper we need to step aside and take a quick break my guest is ike skelton the next presiding commissioner of camden county professor jim paisley the true history professor will join us in hour number two talking civil war and uh, well of course your phone calls are welcome at 573-633-5395 you are listening to the daily show on key radio 
I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, September 14th. This weekend, motorcycle enthusiasts from all over the United States will be rumbling their way to Lake of the Ozarks for the 16th annual Lake of the Ozarks Bike Fest. With live music, bike giveaways, and over 300 bars and restaurants participating, there's plenty of fun to be had at Bike Fest. More information at lakebikefest.com. A wanted felon was apprehended Monday by Camden County Sheriff deputies. 36-year-old Rory Borden was arrested for charges of domestic assault and armed criminal action. When police searched the residence, they reportedly discovered meth and drug paraphernalia. Borden was transferred to the Camden County Jail and is being held without bond. A local church donated over 430 items to Camden schools. Harper Chapel United Methodist Church in Osage Beach recently held an Undie Sunday event where church members donated new underwear and t-shirts. Undie Sunday is part of the school's Looking Good program, which helps provide kids in need with clothes. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. The Camden County Republican Club invites you to their annual Patriot Dinner on Saturday, September 24th at the Community Christian Church in Camdenton. Doors open at 5 p.m., dinner at 6 p.m. There will also be a silent auction. Cost is $25 per person. The Patriot Dinner is a chance to meet and greet Republican candidates who will be on the ballot on Tuesday, November the 8th. Call Chairman Jerry Hausman at 573-286-5935 for information or reservations. Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. The uh, Major League Baseball season starting to wind down now. We've got a little over two weeks left in the regular season. Then come the playoffs. Cardinals, looks like uh, the Redbirds are going to be into the postseason. Of course, the Royals will not be. Cardinals in first place in the division, and they are in the midst of a two-game series against the team trying to chase them down. The Milwaukee Brewers, at a quick two-game series, wraps up today, and then it's the Cincinnati Reds in town for a five-game series starting tomorrow, a four-game series plus a doubleheader on Saturday, so a whole lot of games in a short amount of time. As for the Royals, they will wrap up, or they uh, have game two of a three-game series against the Twins today. They'll finish off that series tomorrow and then head to Boston to play the Red Sox this weekend. Tomorrow night, it's game two of the season for the Chiefs as they have the Chargers at home. The Chiefs, of course, won the opener big at Arizona. The Chargers won their opener at home against the Raiders, so those two teams tied for first place. The winner will come out still in first place in the AFC West. As for high school football Friday night, Camdenton 3-0 at home against 0-3 Parkview. Eldon is 3-0 on the season. They hit the road to play rival Osage Friday night. You can see that game on Lake TV, the COMC pregame show at 6.30. Kickoff at 7, Eldon at Osage Friday night on Lake TV. For sales, we'll be at home to Hallsville. Saturday, Mizzou Tigers at home against Abilene Christian. Tigers 1-1. Also Saturday, the MSU Bears 2-0 
on the road to play Arkansas. That's going to be a tough one. Hey, KB is on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns, 7.02 a.m., 5.02 and 11.02 p.m. you got to check him out. Lake TV was six local lake area shows, and they're all greatness, including the Community Spotlight Show every day at 9.02, 3.02, and 7.02. On the Community Spotlight Show, it's an interview, new interview with a different person every week, somebody important in the community, business leaders, nonprofit leaders. It's uh, something you want to see. Hey, you can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. If you don't get Como, you can watch absolutely free on Roku. Just do a search for Lake TV. And you can also watch it streaming live all the time on your computer at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Portions of our programming on Key Radio made possible thanks to Lake TV. Lake TV is your hometown local TV station featuring Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris, What's Burning with KB, live high school sports, real estate, dining, boating, and of course the annual Lake of the Ozark shootout. Lake TV on Como Connect, Channel 90, Roku, YouTube, Facebook and Instagram, and of course online at MyLakeTV.com. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-280-0532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. Who supports Key Radio financially? I do. This is Bill Munhausen speaking on behalf of the Key Ozarks podcast and Key Gathering Place in Camdenton. When I began podcasting two years ago with a few friends, we wanted a radio show, but it didn't work out. Key Radio gives us an opportunity to share our message, so I am happy to support the Key with a monthly underwriting donation. Key Gathering Place is our community center at Lake of the Ozarks for events and gatherings. The Key Ozarks radio program presents Christian activists seeking the truth of things rather than ideology employing an eclectic mix of biblical thought and political philosophy much like the founders of the nation did at the last revolution. Please consider supporting the key with your monthly donation. Bikers Against Child Abuse, BACA, exists with the intent to create a safer environment for abused children. We exist as a body of bikers to empower children to not feel afraid of the world in which they live. We stand ready to lend support to our wounded friends by involving them with an established, united organization. If you'd like to know more about BACA, please visit our website at bacaworld.org or call 1-866-71-ABUSE. If you've got a topic you'd like to share with the community, contact us right here at 89.3, The Key. 839, and you are listening to The Daily Show. My goodness, it is just an amazing day. Hard to believe it's going to get up to 88 degrees for the afternoon high, but we are at 
Uh, it says here 61 degrees in Osage Beach, broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. want to take a quick second and uh, remind you that uh, today we are taping the new edition of What's Burning over on uh, Lake TV, and it is uh, going to be a good one. I've got my good friend, Mr. Bill Lacasse, in to talk about something that uh, is, well, it's kind of interesting when it refers to the free market and how it says the free market brings world peace. And it has to do with uh, Milton Friedman, Milton Friedman and his pencil theory. And so I encourage you to uh, give it a look-see tomorrow, 7.02 a.m. and 5.02 and 11.02 p.m. We'll also be talking with Stacy Pirtle, Stacy with uh, the Community Foundation of the Lake. They've got their big champagne campaign coming up. We'll also be talking about the Magic Dragon Trail system with uh, Stacy, And, of course, we're going to take some time to feature a furry friend and our furry friend, uh, this go around at Ozark's cat and canine is Grumpy. Grumpy is a cat. <laughs> Aren't they all? Uh, well, here's the thing. If they care about what you think. <laughs> because we enjoy filming these animals to find good homes for them. And uh, thanks to our veterinary at the lake for presenting that feature on Lake TV. Uh, they are the official vets uh, of uh, Ozark's cat and canine. Before we got there to uh to do the feature to film the feature they gave all the cats a little catnip and so grumpy was wasn't he, so grumpy was he he, he <laughs> is uh he's wound up to begin with and he was really wound up he is a great 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 uh little cat that uh could use a good home and i also want to say that uh, last week we were out at the opening ceremony for the vietnam traveling memorial wall and uh, there was a lot of uh, a lot of buzz generated when it came into town. What? I missed a great weekend here. But I had a great weekend. I had Charlie down in Cape Girardeau at uh, at her pageant. How did that go? So it went well. Yeah. She, yeah, she won, uh, let's see, what did she win? She went uh, Ultimate Supreme Novice and uh, Best Smile and uh, a couple other things. So I saw some good. pictures, man. She's a cutie. She is. She is uh, definitely a cutie. Yep, yeah, she's a cutie. And, and uh, she did good. And she that's did. great that, you know, she has fun with in her. addition to all the things that you have going on in your life, that you're able to spend quality time with your family like that, and especially your daughter. It's important to have mom there, but it's important yeah. to have dad there as well, sure. and that means a lot to her. That That's a, a true confidence builder for a child to see mom and dad there, you know, supporting you and, and rooting you on. So that uh, that was awesome. But uh, Doc Russo, Richard Doc Russo, uh, he brings the wall into <clears throat> these various towns, and people are just blown away in the stories that he tells and the things that he hears and the people that it affects. And the uh, story he told about the little old lady in a town in West Virginia who was just uh, blown away by the fact that her son finally came home. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, right. And so we'll have that feature on as well. Uh, we had a chance to talk to Doc last Thursday night. He is an incredible individual as are all the folks that make that wall possible. And all of the 
groups and organizations that were financial supporters to bring the wall back to Camdenton. And I will say that, uh, you know, BFWs and uh, American Legion posts and uh, the Marine Corps League and just a, a whole mess of military organizations that put up the money so that we could have the uh, traveling wall back here in Camdenton. It would be nice to have it uh, back in a couple of years when we do the air show again in 2024. Uh, there's just so much work that goes into that with the city and the county and uh, certainly all of the volunteers that uh, make that possible. The Knights of Columbus were there, the Kiwanis were there, and, uh, you know, just everybody that turned out for the event. The airport itself, Camden Memorial uh, Lake Regional Airport, uh, Corey Lewerke and the staff at the airport that uh, make that all possible. Uh, the FAA, um, some of my buddies with the FAA uh, that were in town for the event. I mean, there's just so many people that contribute so that, uh, you know, the the pilots and all of the support staff that they have, uh, just to make that event go off without a hitch. We had the jet truck back, and um, certainly uh, we know that uh, uh, the Darnell family uh, lost a couple of uh, very near uh, and dear members uh, in a in an accident, and they are still out there promoting what it is they do because it, it's just something about it that drives them to want to continue to make people happy and make people smile. So there's just so much to all of the uh, things that go on with the air show, and so thank you so much. And also a special shout-out to the Bagnell Dam Strip Association and everyone who uh, puts together Hot Summer Nights. We wrapped that up last Friday night with a salute to the frontline heroes, and it was so great to see uh, the members of the Lake of the Ozarks Corvette Club donate uh, the cars so that the veterans could drive up and down the strip. And not just the veterans that were uh, riding shotgun, but a lot of the uh, folks driving were veterans too. Sure. And that is just uh, so truly amazing. Everyone that uh, has helped out again with Hot Summer Nights, another successful year, and we're looking forward to doing it again next year. So we were talking a little bit about this uh, ballot issue that will be on the ballot for Missourians on uh, November 8th as part of the general election. And it uh, does, of course, include the legalization of marijuana. Now, I found out that there is no expungement law. So what that means is if you have an offense related to marijuana, uh, that will not be taken off your record because that is not a part of it. But uh, I think, Ike, you found something in there that was uh, maybe a little bit more eye-opening. And uh, uh, another reason why you need to do the research on these ballot issues and it would just be nice to to be able to have a ballot issue that was cut and dry and easy for missourians to understand so that when they go to the polls they don't just check yes or no they check yes or no because they've done their research and they have a very clear-cut reason for the way they decide to vote yeah right and yeah it's critical on all of these issues because what you actually see on the ballot is minuscule yeah because here here's the first thing that shocked me i didn't realize this and i thought there was an expungement uh, clause in this in this uh uh legislation um i, I didn't know that so we'll have to double check that uh, unless you know it ain't then i believe you but amendment three it's amendment three right on page 27 there in lies the first problem, page 27. Do you think they're going to put page, 
I don't know, two, three, four, and five on the ballot for you to read, let alone page 27? No, they're not. Um, so you need to find out what that stuff is. On page 27 of Amendment 3, it is, uh, would establish a chief equity officer. Now, the chief equity officer is to establish public education programming. And it would be thought that a critical race theory-aligned programming uh, would uh, be a part of this. So here is just one little issue that was brought out to me uh, by some friends. So this another, I, and I want to look into it deeper. I, I didn't even realize it was 27 pages, and I'm wondering how many actual pages it is. So we need to read the entire thing. Yes. Um, I'll download it one of these days, and by next uh, Wednesday we'll have a we'll have a good in-depth uh, look at it. And uh, I want to try to bring our friend Ron Calzone on to talk about um, um, the constitutional amendment, the uh, or not the constitution, the constitutional convention that is uh, in question on uh, on the ballot and i think that's something again that uh has to be done every few years i think you have to call for or at least ask the people if they want a constitution convention and um so it's it's it may be perfunctory that just something we have to do i don't we'll have to look at it but um need to know these things and we'll take a little middle more in-depth uh look so make sure uh you tune in every day to the Daily Show, but mm-hmm. next Wednesday for sure we'll have some uh, some more information on this. I want to send a shout out to Joe who's listening this morning. Always great to have you on board, sir. A loyal listener of the Daily Show and uh, of course to Key Radio. So thank you, Joe, for uh, tuning in, and thanks to all of you wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, uh, for taking some time to uh, give us a listen and let us know just exactly uh, what it is that uh, you think by picking up the phone and calling us on the Key Radio Community Hotline at 573-633-5395. If you have a thought, an idea, an opinion, uh, you want to stir the pot a little bit and get the conversation going, that's exactly the best way to make that happen, by calling our hotline and letting us know what you are thinking about. 848 is our time, and so we look at uh, various ballot issues and we look at various things that are coming up in the general election on November the 8th. Let's uh, let's again encourage people to have the kind of voter turnout that we had here in Camden County for the primary on August the 2nd because there are still some issues that need to be addressed and uh, taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, if you were adamant about how you felt getting out there and voting for someone or something on August the 2nd, Let's make sure that uh, that uh, continues to uh, to happen on November the 8th, that you uh, ride that wave and finish the job, as they say. It is 849. What else is uh, on the radar for Ike Skelton today? Uh, anything in particular that uh, you've been looking into? And, and, and one of the things with the time we have left is uh, is roads and bridge, road and bridge here in Camden County, mm-hmm. but uh, please go ahead. Yeah, so I ha- have a maintenance uh, department meeting this morning to look at their budget and see uh, what we need to do for them. Uh, they are very understaffed, and they have the minimum that they have to work with. Uh, they're the folks that mow all the lawns and move all, remove all the snow and, and all the different things and take care of the maintenance of the buildings for the county um, and uh, the facilities that the uh, citizenry uses to come in and take care of their 
business. So we need to make sure that they're up to speed. And uh, there's going to be some new hires, I believe, this afternoon. Um, I didn't catch what positions, but we're going to sit on those and, and see what those candidates look like. And, uh, and I really, really appreciate uh, I appreciate the uh, current administration for uh, uh, involving me in these things. They right. certainly don't have to, but uh, I truly appreciate it because it'll help me get my feet on the ground. And, and uh, when, I, when I hit the door January 1, I'll be a little more apprised of what's, uh, what's really happening and be a part of it already. Well, again, you, you go back to the wealth of experience that you already have in place and how important that is to uh, your transition and being able to, uh, you know, it, it helps you, obviously, with the decision-making process. But you bring up an interesting point. What is the employment situation like as far as Camden County is concerned? Because uh, a lot of the uh, places where we go, the things we see on a daily basis when you drive by your uh, favorite restaurant or a shop or, uh, uh, you know, a, a business, and they have the uh, sign up that says, uh, now hiring or we're hiring or we'd love to have you on, and they're doing everything that they can possibly do to offer some sort of incentives to really get people to want to come in and work for them. Uh, how are we set on the uh, on the county level with employment? You know, in any business or government even, uh, generally employment is your payroll. Right is your biggest expense across the board. And unfortunately, as a first-class county, I have to tell you, we're um, we're very fortunate that we have the people that we have because the wages that we are willing to pay or can pay someone um, is... is kind of unfortunate it's, yeah. it's 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 not good i'll be honest with you um we've got some good people working for some some uh, pretty low wages in comparison to what they can maybe make at some other places around the county quite candidly uh-huh. um now the benefits that the county gives in medical and those sorts of things certainly is a great incentive because a lot of employers aren't giving those things out anymore you know i think the trend in employment is uh you know 36 hours a week if they can get away with it because if they don't have to give you 40 they don't have to give you a uh, uh, medical benefits and whatnot. So, <clears throat> a lot of a lot of places are you know you only work 30, wind up working thirty six hours instead of a forty hour job. But um, so we need to look at a lot of those things. We've already looked at uh, road and bridge and expanding their budget. But you know, it's not just about uh, not always about just the budget and how much money you throw at something. We've got to be able to produce something for the money we're using. So uh, we're going to look at things just a little differently uh, from top to bottom versus the way they've been done. And uh, I've already got some great uh, input from a lot of different folks around the lake, as well as folks that are in Road and Bridge that would like to have seen seen things done differently. That's where that wealth of uh, information comes from that you're talking about a lot. You know, they are the ones that are out there on the on the pavement every day uh, making things happen. So yes. it's those folks that really know what needs to be changed and what doesn't need to be changed. Um, so we're going to take a look at all those things top to bottom. And uh, I think we're going to see a, uh, uh, you know, it, it It'll take like any government, you know, or business, what have you. It's a, it's a big ship. You can't just uh, you know turn her around immediately. But I think we're going to make some very good, uh, uh, very good decisions going forward. We're already making some, uh, are looking at some things to do with a couple of the parks, uh, Max Creek and possibly Climax Springs. Um, it's been kind of a point of contention uh, with some folks, and we're looking at already resolving that. And some things are maybe even uh, on on the way to getting that resolved. So. Um, just, um, just a lot of moving parts, man. And, uh, you know, trying to get them all together at one time and, and, uh, figure out how to make them all mesh together, like some really well-oiled machine and, and, um, keep this county moving. And, uh, you know, again, as a first class county, um, we maybe need to review a couple of things about the way we do things, but, um, yeah. Well, I mean, as obvious as it is, 
having enough people to do the job means the job gets completed uh, hopefully on time or around uh, that particular time frame. And not having enough people to do the job means that sometimes you have to rely on the staff that you have to uh, put in a little bit of extra time or uh, sometimes things take a little bit longer. So being able to say that, you know, we're going to complete a project in a designated amount of time is very important. I think uh, that's something that a lot of uh, citizens in Camden County expect. Uh, but then uh, they have to understand and realize uh, what do we have to work with. Well, you know, and that's another uh, issue, too, is maybe information sharing. You know, right now we have uh, one of the problems is uh, that, that the folks talk about is is the county gravel roads. You know, we all think about uh, living right around here in Osage Beach or Camdenton, and uh, we look at all of these, uh, you know, paved roads that we have and the potholes in them or deteriorating this, whatever. Um, but a lot of people don't think maybe about the gravel roads unless you live on one. Yeah. And we have a lot of gravel roads in Camden County. We've got a lot of graders um, and operators that uh, fix those roads. And one of the things I hear is, Folks don't understand what the grading schedule is. Where are the graders? All these, and we have GPS tracking on all those all of those graders. So we have a program that we can pull up, and you can look at, and you can see where they are, where they've been, so on and so forth. And we're looking at some way of maybe even putting that online or something of this nature, so that anybody uh, can pull up uh, that information, find out where their road grader is, as it were. You know, the the guys that are designated for that area. And uh, and have some sort of a uh, uh, schedule or an idea as to where we want to maybe be next time, so that the public can say, "All right, well, well they're they're doing these two roads over here this week, and next week they're going to be over here on my road." So I, you know, I I don't need to call in. They're they're going to be here next week, and they're going to taken care of now. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to any kind of construction road work, for sure, uh, the weather is a great big factor. You know, and you can have a fantastic schedule set up. We're going to go grade these roads and do this and do that and then you have one really severe rain event that uh, washes out a couple of low water crossings or washes out a big part of a road or or as you see we've we've got some of these landslides going on around the county a couple of them uh, one of them is going to be a very <laughs> tricky thing to deal with but anyhow um by looking at those things you know that can throw your entire plan out the window yeah because you really only have still only have so many resources and so many people and when something like that comes along those big weather events like that that just you know just really messes up everything that you got going and um so uh, but we're going to try that we're going to we're going to see how uh, having a little more information out there for the public and letting them know some time in advance what we've got going on uh see if we can't you know, alleviate some of uh, some of the the citizenry's concerned about things, and and uh, keep them more informed, and hopefully we'll be able to stick to that the best we can. That is a tough job in itself, and I think that uh, the men and women who do the uh, the work of, of trying to maintain the roads, and certainly uh, some of the low water crossings that we deal with and the need to make sure that those are in good shape so people can get in and out. And certainly, if you have an emergency of some kind and or you need to, uh, you know, uh, dispatch emergency personnel into these areas because right. someone, someone is having a, a medical issue yes. or there is mm-hmm. uh, something going on like a fire, you never know. Uh, these folks have got to be able to get there, and their response time is so very critical 
uh, in any of these situations. Right. So, uh, you know, that's there's just so much to think about. There's just so much to, uh, uh, to want to include in everything you do. And that's why I asked you earlier about the, uh, the whole responsibility issue and, and, and how tough that must be. It is, man. It's, it's, it's a uh, daunting, but again, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think yeah. I'm going to uh, enjoy it. I, maybe I'm a little sick, but I kind of enjoy some of that chaos sometimes, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, uh, but uh, a lot of things being tossed up in the air and, and, um, you know, trying to just not having enough time in a day. Um, so yeah, I'm like I said, call me crazy, but I'm looking forward to it. Well, you know, I think the citizens are looking forward to it as well. And you, uh, you, you definitely have some big shoes to fill. Uh, I think anyone who does that job uh, definitely has uh, a lot on their plate each and every day, in addition to the fact that uh, a lot of these folks uh, have their own businesses that they have to run, yourself included. And uh, time management is is definitely something that uh, is very important. And you look at this and say, man, you know, I wish I had an assistant or I wish I had, you know, somebody else to fall back on once in a while. Sometimes you do, maybe sometimes not so much. But uh, either way, you, uh, you've got uh, a big responsibility ahead and people are counting on you and they're expecting you to do things for them uh, in a timely fashion. And sometimes they don't understand everything that's going on behind the scenes. They just want results. And you, you, yeah, that's correct. And what I think is absolutely critical is communication. And uh, I intend on being um, just not just you know, not just forward with everything we're doing, but just right out in front of everybody's face what we're doing, you know, and, and just keep everybody informed of what's happening, I think will be, uh, uh, we'll be better off for everybody in the long run. The next presiding commissioner of Camden County, he is Ike Skelton, and he joins us on Wednesdays here on The Daily Show, and, and I will tell you at this point, uh, considering what, you know, you're going to be doing, we'll, uh, we'll make sure and give you all the wiggle room you need to do your job when you can come see us please come see us and uh, when you have uh, responsibilities and duties to take care of uh we'll just uh, do what we have to do till we can get you back here appreciate that i love doing this i love having you here and the uh, citizens of camden county love having you uh in that uh, position coming up uh, you will officially be sworn in on january the 2nd and then off you go yep yeah 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 Thanks, yeah, actually, Mike. we're going to have a swearing in. I think uh, December sometime. They swear you in a few days ahead of time. Do they? Cause, yeah. Cause, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because January one is like a I don't know what a Sunday or something in this particular year. But get to work. Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, yeah, and I've been probably January second. I will probably be right on the job, whether it's a Monday or whatever it is. I don't know, but a uh, lot to do. Thanks again, my friend. Thanks, man. Professor Jim Paisley is uh, out in the hallway doing push-ups, getting ready to come in here and talk Civil War. And uh, do you think there might very well be a civil war on the horizon here in the United States of America? Another civil war. We'll discuss it with Jim and take your phone calls on the Key Radio Community Hotline. Let's get to some information from our great media partners and supporters, including Stacy Johnson with LakeExpo.com. She's got local information. Chris Schneider with Lake TV has a check of sports. And we thank you for listening to The Daily Show. The Lake of the Ozarks only community radio station. That's right, you've got a hand in it, Lake of the Ozarks. 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm 
Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, September 14th. This weekend, motorcycle enthusiasts from all over the United States will be rumbling their way to Lake of the Ozarks for the 16th annual Lake of the Ozarks Bike Fest. With live music, bike giveaways, and over 300 bars and restaurants participating, there's plenty of fun to be had at Bike Fest. More information at lakebikefest.com. A wanted felon was apprehended Monday by Camden County Sheriff deputies. 36-year-old Rory Borden was arrested for charges of domestic assault and armed criminal action. When police searched the residence, they reportedly discovered meth and drug paraphernalia. Borden was transferred to the Camden County Jail and is being held without bond. A local church donated over 430 items to Camden and schools. Harper Chapel United Methodist Church in Osage Beach recently held an Undie Sunday event where church members donated new underwear and t-shirts. Undie Sunday is part of the school's Looking Good program, which helps provide kids in need with clothes. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline, and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what, what were the events, what are the things behind the scenes here, what, what led to this. Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present-day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why it well it's because the news told us join professor jim paisley thursdays and saturdays at 6 a.m 2 p.m and 10 p.m for the true history professor program on 89.3 the key your key radio lake tv sports update for this wednesday the uh, major league baseball season starting to wind down now we've got a little over two weeks left in the regular season then come the playoffs cardinals looks like uh, the redbirds are going to be into the postseason of course the royals will not be cardinals in first place in the division and they are in the midst of a two-game series against the team trying to chase them down the milwaukee brewers at a quick two-game series wraps up today and then it's the cincinnati reds in town for a five-game series starting tomorrow, a four-game series plus a doubleheader on Saturday, so a whole lot of games in a short amount of time. As for the Royals, they will wrap up, or they uh, have game two of a three-game series against the Twins today. They'll finish off that series tomorrow and then head to Boston to play the Red Sox this weekend. Tomorrow night, it's game two of the season for the Chiefs as they have the Chargers at home. The Chiefs, of course, won the opener big at Arizona. The Chargers won their opener at home against the Raiders, so those two teams tied for first place. The winner will come out still in first place in the AFC West. 
As for high school football Friday night, Camdenton 3-0 at home against 0-3 Parkview. Eldon is 3-0 on the season. They hit the road to play rival Osage Friday night. You can see that game on Lake TV, the COMC pregame show at 6.30. Kickoff at 7, Eldon at Osage Friday night on Lake TV. For sales, we'll be at home to Hallsville. Saturday, Mizzou Tigers at home against Abilene Christian. Tigers 1-1. Also Saturday, the MSU Bears 2-0 on the road to play Arkansas. That's going to be a tough one. Hey, KB is on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns, 7.02 a.m., 5.02 and 11.02 p.m. you got to check him out. Lake TV was six local Lake Area shows, and they're all greatness, including the Community Spotlight Show every day at 9.02, 3.02, and 7.02. On the Community Spotlight Show, it's an interview, new interview with a different person every week, somebody important in the community, business leaders, nonprofit leaders. It's uh, something you want to see. Hey, you can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. If you don't get Como, you can watch absolutely free on Roku. Just do a search for Lake TV. And you can also watch it streaming live all the time on your computer at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Creation Expo. Imagine this. Jesus finds two fishermen casting their nets and says, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they drop their nets and follow him. Then Jesus runs into another fisherman, John. But instead of following Jesus, John says, I believe in your ministry, Jesus, but I operate a profitable fishing business and have a life and responsibilities. I'll stay here, but I'll serve you by telling all my clients the good news. Is this John a follower of Jesus? The obvious answer is, of course not. Staying behind is pretty much the opposite of following, no matter how you spin it. The gospel is not just believing, it's doing the will of the Lord. Jesus' words are recorded in John 14, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. We can be a little conflicted about Jesus' message, being so involved with church activities and such that we forget Jesus' commandment to go into the world and make disciples. Consider then becoming a true follower.
If you'd like to become a content provider, simply contact the Lakes Community Radio Station at 89.3, The Key. You know, this is what makes the job fun. You get to sit in a room with your friends and talk about things that are important and then talk about things that are uh, fun to talk about. And, uh, you know, you get your dog by your side. I don't know what... uh, what other job I've ever had where I get to enjoy all of these wonderful things and share these good times with such great people. And, again, my thanks to Ike Skelton for being here. Of course, the true history professor, Professor Jim Paisley, is going to be talking Civil War. And, uh, you know, are there things, elements out there now that we're seeing that could uh, lead us down the path to yet another Civil War? in the United States, and and how would that affect us? And not only how would it affect us, but similar to things that have happened in the past, would any of our allies be involved? Uh, Would any other countries want to help us out as well? I mean, this would be a prime opportunity for uh, some of these uh, outside influences to get their foot in the door. 9-11 is our time. We are glad to have you with us, and uh, thank you so much for taking the time to tune in The Daily Show. Uh, 88, the expected high today, a low tonight of around uh, 60 degrees, and then partly cloudy in 86 tomorrow. S- looks like uh, some more clouds possible in 87 on Friday. Sunny in 89 on Saturday, sunny in 92 on uh, Sunday, and then we get into that 90-degree weather uh, full bore with a couple of days uh, close to the century mark, uh, 96 on Monday of next week and 96 on Tuesday of next week. And, Jim, that's going to make it rather interesting for Karen when she's down there working on the dock. I know. I feel so sorry for her while I'm sitting there drinking a beer watching her sand <laughs> on that dock. You know. But, Good morning, uh, Karen. <laughs> and, and I was just sitting here telling Jim <laughs> That I miss hanging out with you and giving you a hard time, but uh, she gives it right back. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. You're feeling free to come over anytime and take another dose of it. And and uh, congratulations to your grandson, Andrew. We were talking yeah. about uh, the fact that uh, he plays middle linebacker for his football team, and uh, you said you got to go up to California Missouri yeah, last they night. Yeah, I watched uh, Southern Boone, which is where my grandson is, and they played California, and uh yeah, they had a great game. They uh, walked away twenty-eight to six, and it was uh, awesome. Fun times. Their first game. He's so. a fun kid. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. It's amazing to sit there and watch them. One minute they're uh, three years old, and the next year, and next seems like the next day they're a uh, middle linebacker. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I don't know. Great I'm, things to come, and yeah, uh, yeah. And, and your granddaughter Addison. Who's a cheerleader? Yes, I saw the picture you posted there. He's a cheerleader, and uh, even the little one, uh, my my youngest grandson Alec, he's playing football now, flag football. Him. I that, miss him. Yeah, he's a, I that's kind of like uh, you know. The, you remember how when we were kids, we used to play kill the man with a ball. That's kind of that's what you see there. Only they've got flags now. Well, yeah. you know, Alec's got his big brother that he looks up to. Uh, and, and I'm sure he wants to emulate and be like him. And I think that's so very cool. And, and getting to watch your grandchildren go through the, uh, their paces as they uh, continue on, uh, through, uh, high school and, and then, uh, wherever, uh, wherever yeah. they end up after that. Happens too fast. Yeah, it sure yeah. does. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. It is uh, 65 degrees in Osage Beach, and we are broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. And what an interesting topic that you bring to the table today, because i got to tell you, it is, uh, it is something that, um, well, maybe we look back in history and learn about, but are there elements out there now 
that could lead to something like this happening all over again. And as I said, uh, what kind of assistance would be offered by, uh, let's say, a country like China? Mm -hmm. Uh, China has a lot invested in the United States, uh, whether we think so or not. And any other country out there, uh, allies or countries that would be willing to uh, step in, step up, and uh, and help us out, depending on uh, uh, who they would want to get behind in the event uh, that a civil war were to break out. But enough about uh, my ramblings. Let's get to the true history professor, Jim Paisley, and get his take on the subject. And we'll uh, hold off on phone calls right now and then uh, on the backside of this uh, 9 o'clock hour. You are free to uh, call in with your thoughts on key radio go ahead sir okay so here's the thing kb i'm sitting here watching society right now and and this division we have here in the united states and it, it is it's it's fascinating because it's all happened in the past now if you go back to the 1850s before the civil war all of the very same things we're arguing about right now are happened in the 1850s the discussions that you all out there are having around the coffee shop and you know around breakfast table in the morning are the same discussions that our ancestors had in the 1850s they're saying my god inflation's out of control the economy's a mess we've got a federal government that doesn't give a damn about what we're suffering throughout here you know it just goes on and on and on uh, you know the industrial revolution has brought about you know a huge gap between the haves and the have-nots and so it was a powder keg ready to blow and and that's the, that's the bottom line folks is it all of these issues came to a head now i know you know everybody said oh civil war was fought over slavery slavery was a trigger that's what did it but there was so much more going on at the time that actually you know it once the fuse burned to the end man it was just an explosion and there was a split that had to be they literally had to fight it out because of the just the situation that they were in at the time and that's my fear now is that at all the same things that happened in the past that led up to a civil war have now reared their ugly heads again and one of the interesting things about it is everybody says, well, the Civil War was fought. It's over, so we don't have to worry about it anymore. And the big issue there was everybody said, well, it was fought over slavery. Well, that's partially true. But the big issue was who has the power, the federal government or the state government? And therein lies the biggest issue on the table today because that was never resolved at the end of that Civil War. You know, the, the winners said, well, that's the way it is. We're in charge, and it's the way it's going to be. But that challenges the whole idea of us having a federal republic versus a democracy. A democracy is it's, you know, winner takes all, and, you know, the majority gets to rule. Well, that's not the way we, our founding fathers set it up. They set it up that each of us, our states, have a say in this. And so that's, I found some really interesting articles on this that are dealing with this very issue right now. And one of them was uh, uh, written by a fellow by the name of Ron Elving. And of all things, you know, here again, you know, I try and research both sides. I, I went to NPR, of all things, you know. And <laughs> this guy, Ron Elving, he made some good points. Now, he says, not long ago, the idea of another American Civil War seemed out of control. And these days, the notion has not only gone mainstream, but it also seems to suddenly be everywhere. Business Insider published a poll in October of 2020 saying a majority of Americans believe the U.S. was already in the midst of a cold civil war. 
Then last fall, the University of Virginia, of all people, they basically have a center for politics, released a poll finding that a majority of people who had voted to reelect former President Donald Trump in 2020 now want their state to secede from the union. Now you think, yeah, well, that makes sense. You know, those crazy people, those Republicans on that side. But get, get this, the same poll also showed 41% of those who voted for Joe Biden in 2020 also said it might be now time to split the country. So you couldn't get this country more on opposite sides if you tried right now. And the polls show it. When, and that's one of the first polls I've seen that actually asked the question, because, you know, it's the elephant in the room. Everybody, oh, we can't, can't talk about that. Well, we're going to talk about it today. Now, the researchers have found that these assessments of America's democracy are especially prominent amongst the young people, which I find fascinating as well. It seems to me that, you know, everybody says, oh, it's those old guys at the coffee shop. They're, they're all, you know, talking revolution and everything. But the poll shows that it's the young people that have lost faith in our system of government. Okay, And Harvard's uh, Kennedy School... Uh, of politics published a poll that found half of the voting age Americans under 30 thought our democracy was in trouble or failing. And a third also said they expected there to be a civil war. So a third of this millennial generation thinks there's going to be a civil war and it's going to happen in their lifetime. So it's it's not just all the old timers out there, folks, the ones that are saying we need to take it back the way it was. It's the young people that are saying this ain't working which I found absolutely fascinating. You know, it's it's like, really, you know, so what is what do they think will work? And that's that's the scary part about it. Now, the more you hear about this, the, the louder it becomes. Late last year, the University of Maryland and the Washington Post had a poll saying that one-third of Americans thought violence against the government was justified. Now, we all saw what happened in the big cities back e- or, uh, back in the Northwest last summer, you know, burning all these different towns down and everything. And they evidently, they said, yeah, you know, if you don't like it, you know, when you have Antifa and BLM and all these different groups out there burning cities to the ground, they're saying, yeah, that's justified. Well, again, go back to the 1850s, and you can see that back then these kind of, of flare-ups happened. And, you know, north, south, you know, it was, it was constant arguments back and forth. The, the, our our, our uh, Congress had a gag order, of all things, a gag order to where if anybody entered anything that had to do with states' rights or slavery, they immediately tabled it. Congress would not pick it up because it was, it's a hot potato. No, no politician wants to vote one way or the other. And isn't that what we're seeing right now? You know, they're notorious for knocking things back down to the state when they don't want to deal with something. They just turn around and say, well, you know, we're going to table that. We're not going to deal with it. You you sit there and you think, why are they not addressing inflation? Why are they not addressing uh, the immigration issue? Why are we not addressing uh, fuel? The reason why is because they know full well, however they vote, half the people are going to support them and half of them are going to say, heck no. Right. Yeah. I mean, isn't it? Isn't it fascinating? I mean, it's just, it's happening again. And unless we can come up with a solution here, we're going to push ourselves right to that point again. Is a a civil war, and I guess you can go back and look at any country on the face of the earth, um, there are going to be disagreements that push people to their limits. 
And in doing so, sometimes uh, the only way that they feel as though they can solve any disagreements that they have is they clash. They go Mm -hmm. to war with one another. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we talk about uh, the Civil War being a a war that uh, saw families divided. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do they say? Brother versus brother. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're going to have that in any family where there are people that feel one way and people who feel another way. But I I guess the thing here is, is it something, you know, back when we had the first Civil War, was it something that was considered cleansing? Um, Was it something that uh, after it was over, uh, we felt better about the position of the country? We felt as though uh, maybe uh, certain things... Uh, got uh, got addressed and got taken care of. Uh, of course, there were a lot of residuals from the Civil War. Mm-hmm. You know, groups that uh, just didn't uh, didn't see uh, the end of the Civil War as the end of the Civil War in their minds, mm-hmm. and so they continued to perpetuate what they felt was uh, was right. And you know, you talk about uh, uh, Quantrill's Raiders mm-hmm. and, and groups like that that were still out there. Uh, wreaking havoc and uh, doing what they thought was uh, the right thing to do or the uh, right method to handle certain situations. So, I mean, there's a lot of consequences that will come from this. Sure. Good and bad. And, and, you know, you bring a great point up. You know, you say, well, you know, civil wars in other countries and all. Folks, the the war that's going on in the Ukraine right now, yeah, that's a civil war. Yes, that started out as a civil war. You had half of that country over on the eastern side wanted to rejoin with Russia, and you had the ones on the western side said, "No, we want to join with the West." And unfortunately, as it escalated, then you bring in you know these proxy wars where you have big boys like Russia and the U.S. on backing either side, and that's where things really get out of hand. Mm-hmm. But a civil war is, is basically what triggers these things. And it, throughout history, it's been the case. And in our civil war, we lost 600,000 Americans. We lost more people in the civil war than in any war that we've ever fought in, including Vietnam, World War II, any of them. And the reason why, in every other war, we're shooting at somebody from another country. In this war, no matter who died on either side, it was an American. Yes. And so the losses were absolutely horrendous. Now, the big issue here is is that what happened is in this conflict, when the, when the smoke cleared and the war came to an end, when you talk about the individual, back then going into the war, if they asked you where you were from, you would say Missouri first, not the United States. You would say Kentucky first and not the United States. The federal government, in their eyes at that time, was just simply a necessary evil. It was something to, you know, help regulate uh, international trade. It was something to provide us with a, a national defense. There were only 33 powers that the federal government was supposed to have. Now, what happened was everything else went to the states. The 10th Amendment to the Constitution said if it's not in the Constitution, the state has jurisdiction. And that, my friends, is exactly what the southern states were arguing about. They're saying... You don't have the right to tell us what we can and can't do. Now, slavery was wrong, but they said, show me in the Constitution where it says anything about that. It's the same thing we're arguing now where we're saying, show me in the Constitution where it says the federal government should be involved in uh, education 
or the federal government should be involved in the environmental issues. None of that's in the U.S. Constitution. It's all stuff that they made up and they said, well, we're in charge and we've got your money. And if you don't do what we tell you, then we're going to hold your money back. Well, that's the issue. That was the very same issues that we were seeing back then. And the bottom line to it is, is that people are finally waking up again and saying, what gives the federal government to come in here to our schools and say, you're going to teach this curriculum? And people are finally asking the question. I still think it's hilarious that it's the soccer moms that are the ones that kind of led the charge to get all of this opened up. Once they opened up, now you've got a problem because now all of a sudden you see the environmental issues, inflation issues, all of these things come to the forefront. Well, guess who? Guess who's taking the beating here? It's the soccer moms. They're the ones that got to fill up the van with gas. They're the ones that got to buy groceries for three kids. They're the ones that got to turn around and worry about what's being taught to their kids in the schools. And bingo, you have this grassroots push, and they're now starting to share with people, hey, show me where the federal government has this authorization. And so that's what we're seeing. And unfortunately, it is escalating and spiraling out of control because of the fact that In 1850, you know, unless you were in that town or you were at the local barber shop, you didn't even know what was going on. And even then, the news came to you three weeks after it happened. Now, instantaneously, the minute something happens, the second it happens, bingo, there it is. It's out in front of everybody. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of an interesting deal uh, in just watching all of it. And we're already seeing, you know... This conflict, if you will, between the states. And this brings another really interesting idea to the forefront. And I found another great article in the Associated Press by a guy by the name of David Goldman. And he's he did some research and found some information from the Brookings Institution that was done by William Gale, a Brookings Senior Fellow in Economic Studies, and who had written a couple of articles on how things are kind of falling apart. Along with him was a fellow by the name of Daryl West, the Director of Governance Studies at the Brookings Institution. And they said that not only do we have this conflict between entire states, But now we're seeing something even more interesting, rural versus urban. Now, I want you guys to think about this, and it really struck home with me when I was reading it. Here in Missouri, look at the map from our last election, from our presidential election, and look where the votes were. We have, what, 400 and something counties here. And you only had St. Louis, Kansas City, and Columbia supported the Democrats. The whole rest of the state, folks, is red. Now, that ought to tell you something right there. So you have the very same thing they're talking about here in Missouri. You have rural versus urban. The state is going to, and there's a lot of people live in these urban areas, and that's why a lot of these states that you would think, good grief, I would think they'd be conservative. Well, for the most part, they are. You look at Pennsylvania, the bulk of it's all all rural. Well, the rural areas, they're all conservative. The urban areas, they're all liberal. Mm-hmm. And so that is an, that in itself, they're saying, don't look at north and south. Don't look at east and west. Look at rural and urban. And therein is where you really do wind up with huge conflict. So in this particular instance, rather than the north versus the south, you would have infighting among people in the states. Yes, Exactly. And so each state could possibly be supporting its own civil war. Yes. 
Yes. And that really changes the whole narrative and the, the direction that, uh, that that this could go. We need to uh, take our information break, our final information break uh, here at the bottom of the hour. And uh, we will do that now with the help of Stacy Johnson from LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source. Also, Chris Schneider with a look at sports. He, of course, is one of our great media partners with none other than Lake TV. And we thank you for being one of our partners and listening to this uh, great discussion we are having with Professor Jim Paisley on the Civil War. What about it then, and what are the possibilities of something like this happening now? And your phone calls will be welcome here on the backside of this 9 o'clock hour. But thank you, as always, for listening to The Daily Show. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, September 14th. This weekend, motorcycle enthusiasts from all over the United States will be rumbling their way to Lake of the Ozarks for the 16th annual Lake of the Ozarks Bike Fest. With live music, bike giveaways, and over 300 bars and restaurants participating, there's plenty of fun to be had at Bike Fest. More information at lakebikefest.com. A wanted felon was apprehended Monday by Camden County Sheriff deputies. 36-year-old Rory Borden was arrested for charges of domestic assault and armed criminal action. When police searched the residence, they reportedly discovered meth and drug paraphernalia. Borden was transferred to the Camden County Jail and is being held without bond. A local church donated over 430 items to Camdenton schools. Harper Chapel United Methodist Church in Osage Beach recently held an Undie Sunday event where church members donated new underwear and t-shirts. Undie Sunday is part of the school's Looking Good program, which helps provide kids in need with clothes. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. The Camden County Republican Club invites you to their annual Patriot Dinner on Saturday, September 24th at the Community Christian Church in Camdenton. Doors open at 5 p.m., dinner at 6 p.m. There will also be a silent auction. Cost is $25 per person. The Patriot Dinner is a chance to meet and greet Republican candidates who will be on the ballot on Tuesday, November the 8th. Call Chairman Jerry Hausman at 573-286-5935 for information or reservations. Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. The uh, Major League Baseball season starting to wind down now. We've got a little over two weeks left in the regular season. Then come the playoffs. Cardinals looks like uh, the Redbirds are going to be into the postseason. Of course, the Royals will not be. Cardinals in first place in the division, and they are in the midst of a two-game series against the team trying to chase them down. The Milwaukee Brewers at a quick two-game series wraps up today, and then it's the Cincinnati Reds in town for a five-game series starting tomorrow, a four-game series plus a doubleheader on Saturday, so a whole lot of games in a short amount of time. As for the Royals, they will wrap up, or they uh, have game two of a three-game series against the Twins today. They'll finish off that series tomorrow and then head to Boston to play the Red Sox this weekend. Tomorrow night, it's game two of the season for the Chiefs as they have the Chargers at home. The Chiefs, of course, won the opener big at Arizona. 
The Chargers won their opener at home against the Raiders, so those two teams tied for first place. The winner will come out still in first place in the AFC West. As for high school football Friday night, Camdenton 3-0 at home against 0-3 Parkview. Eldon is 3-0 on the season. They hit the road to play rival Osage Friday night. You can see that game on Lake TV, the COMC pregame show at 6.30. Kickoff at 7, Eldon at Osage Friday night on Lake TV. For sales, we'll be at home to Hallsville. Saturday, Mizzou Tigers at home against Abilene Christian. Tigers 1-1. Also Saturday, the MSU Bears 2-0 on the road to play Arkansas. That's going to be a tough one. Hey, KB is on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns, 7.02 a.m., 5.02 and 11.02 p.m. you got to check him out. Lake TV was six local lake area shows, and they're all greatness, including the Community Spotlight Show every day at 9.02, 3.02, and 7.02. On the Community Spotlight Show, it's an interview, new interview with a different person every week, somebody important in the community, business leaders, nonprofit leaders. It's uh, something you want to see. Hey, you can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. If you don't get Como, you can watch absolutely free on Roku. Just do a search for Lake TV. And you can also watch it streaming live all the time on your computer at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Portions of our programming on Key Radio made possible thanks to Lake TV. Lake TV is your hometown local TV station featuring Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris, What's Burning with KB, live high school sports, real estate, dining, boating, and, of course, the annual Lake of the Ozarks shootout. Lake TV on Como Connect, Channel 90, Roku, YouTube, Facebook and Instagram, and, of course, online at MyLakeTV.com. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-280-0532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. Who supports Key Radio financially? I do. This is Bill Munhausen speaking on behalf of the Key Ozarks podcast and Key Gathering Place in Camdenton. When I began podcasting two years ago with a few friends, we wanted a radio show, but it didn't work out. Key Radio gives us an opportunity to share our message, so I am happy to support the Key with a monthly underwriting donation. Key Gathering Place is our community center at Lake of the Ozarks for events and gatherings. The Key Ozarks radio program presents Christian activists seeking the truth of things rather than ideology employing an eclectic mix of biblical thought and political philosophy much like the founders of the nation did at the last revolution. Please consider supporting the key with your monthly donation. Bikers Against Child Abuse, BACA, exists with the intent to create a safer environment for abused children. We exist as a body of bikers to empower children to not feel afraid of the world in which they live. 
We stand ready to lend support to our wounded friends by involving them with an established, united organization. If you'd like to know more about BACA, please visit our website at bacaworld.org or call 1-866-71-ABUSE. If you've got a topic you'd like to share with the community, contact us right here at 89.3 The Key. 938, yes, we have all kinds of great programming headed your way today. As a matter of fact, as we wrap up the daily show, stick around for Geopolitics and Empire, one of uh, Professor Paisley's favorite shows, Mm -hmm. Living Off Grid, as well as Your Best Version, featuring local attorney David Porter and Feed Your Family, just a few of the many great programs that we've got on the schedule as a part of our lineup today. Of course, uh, if you miss the daily show, you can always listen to it again from 4 until 6 this afternoon, and then again from midnight until 2 if you have insomnia and you need something to uh, uh, kind of get you through that particular period. We also post each and every daily show on our uh, podcast, or the podcast version, so you can listen to it at your leisure. But uh, a lot of great programming still to come. 9.39, let's uh, take a quick look, if we can, at uh, what is going on weather-wise. 88 the high today, a low tonight of around 60. We'll get back into that uh, warm-up period. As of right now, we are uh, sitting pretty at 68 degrees in Osage Beach. 71 degrees in Camdenton, but uh, plenty of sunshine throughout the beautiful Lake of the Ozarks. Uh, Current uh, uh, lake level as, uh, let's see here real quick. Let's bring that information up for you. Current lake level, it is uh, 658.16, steady from last hour. And the river level at 552.27, surface water temp at 78 degrees. So now we're going to get into... The uh, the interesting part of this uh, discussion, it's all been interesting. It has been very interesting, as a matter of fact, to kind of compare what's going on now with what has happened in the past. That's why we have the professor in here, the true history professor. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess Jim said I need to uh, put out the disclaimer that the views expressed by the host and the guests of The Daily Show are not necessarily <laughs> those of the staff and management of KEYK. Uh, those with opposing viewpoints are, are welcome to uh, insert them at any time, and uh, that means giving us a call at 573-633-5395. So, Jim, we'll, uh, we'll pass it back to you and right. uh, give you an opportunity to, 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 to really, I think, open some eyes yes. as far as the information that's coming up. So here we go. I now have to ask the question, folks, would America survive another civil war? Now, I found a great article by a guy by the name of Malcolm Keown, and uh, he was on a website called unheard.com, which I found kind of fascinating. And basically, he started out with what I've said in the past. Empires last around 250 years, okay? And then they usually self-destruct. Well, guess what, folks? 2026 is our 250th anniversary. Now, 2022 is a different world than 2015. There we got talks of insurrection, secession, civil conflict, civil war. I mean, it's it's out there, folks. People are talking about it. And some people support this national divorce, if you will. Now, the year 2022 has thus far been a spectacular years of showing 
evidence of things that have destroyed past empires, okay, the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, if you will. Political division amongst its elites, uh, increasing loss of legitimacy in the eyes of the population, military defeat abroad, and new and very ominous crisis in the economy. And so bottom line is these are things you can date back to Roman times that brought them to their knees. Now, any one of these crises would be bad enough on their own. Taken together, they represent a really serious threat to our whole way of life. Now, basically, from this type of, of concept, if you will, that people are saying, you know, like, like, like I was saying earlier where we had these riots in the streets and all, basically another common assertion comes to the front that a civil war, if waged on American soil, would be over quickly and lead to fairly effortless massacre of the insurrectionists and fly over America. Well, the idea here is that the U.S. military is so advanced and has so many tanks, gunships, fuel air bombs, and drones that the federal government is simply assured of victory. As such, civil war is an unlikely or impossible scenario given the dramatic imbalance of power between the state and even uh, a numerically large, dissatisfied internal public. Now, I want to stop here and say something. In the Civil War in Missouri, the federal government had 80,000 troops in the state of Missouri chasing Quantrell and the James Boys and the Youngers, who had literally in the hundreds. So they had to dedicate 80,000 federal troops throughout the state to maintain martial law in this state because of a bunch of hell's rider hell, hell's you know hell's angels on horseback <laughs> is basically what these guys were they were eight, 16 18 year old kids and the same scenario i think would hold true today basically it's a dangerous misconception to think just because we have the strongest military in the world that they could come in here and force the will of the federal government on the people and the reason why i say that is that our military is designed to fight other countries. It's not designed to fight ourselves. And this is a big, huge problem in the fact that when you fight another country and there are rules of, of engagement, things like the Geneva Convention and our military having to get permission to open fire on enemies and so on and so forth, that doesn't exist in a civil war. In a civil war, if they want to shoot a 12-year-old kid coming out of a school, they'll do it. I mean, we see this all the time in places like Syria and Lebanon and these different Afghanistan. It's, that's the way wars are carried out. And it's the reason why the British used to always refer to everybody else as savages, because the British fought wars by rules. You lined up in straight, neat little lines, and you met on the battlefield, and you exchanged volleys back and forth. When they fought us here in America... Good God. I mean, we'd hide behind a rock and shoot you in the back. We would turn around and ambush you and then go down the road and ambush you again. And the, drove the British nuts. They're saying unfair, unsportsmanlike conduct. You know, meet us out here on the field of battle. And we wouldn't do it. Well, guess what, folks? That hadn't changed a whole lot. When you're fighting for your life and your, your, your existence. Right. Uh, the rules really don't matter now, do they? They don't at all. And, you know, how many times have we seen, KB, uh, look what what small groups have done to us. Look at Afghanistan. I mean, you want to tell me we didn't have the power to go in and just level that whole country? But yet we wound up leaving with our tail tucked between our legs uh, because we were fighting guerrilla warfare. Same thing happened in Iraq. We see it time and time again. And so a big, powerful military isn't necessarily uh, to the greatest advantage. Now, you also have another problem. 
if you're going to start using those weapons against your own people and you use a drone and you, uh, you know, there's a gathering in, in, you know, a courthouse square somewhere and they use the drone and take out this, this crowd that's there. Well, some of them were enemy combatants, but a lot of them were civilians that had nothing to do with it. They just came to see what's going on. Well, now what you've done is you've taken everybody in that person's family and put them on the other side. And that happened in Missouri during our Civil War. Basically, the federal government couldn't control the citizens of Missouri, and they contended that citizens of Missouri were supporting the guerrillas, and so they just declared war on everybody. When you do that, now what you're doing is you're driving people into the arms of the opposing side, and I'm afraid that that's exactly what would happen. Now, let me give you a modern example. During Operation Banner, the British military deployed almost 20,000 soldiers in Northern Ireland to keep a lid on that province, to keep them from seceding. Now, the U.S. Armed Forces consist of about 1.3 million active-duty personnel, but that's spread out over five branches, Army, Marines, Navy, Air Force, and Coast Guard, plus they're stationed all over the world. We can't just pick up and walk away from that. So we don't have the ready resources right here to put down an insurrection. Now, it's thus very likely that the armed forces maybe might be able to scramble together about 100,000 regulars willing to do the job. Now, back to what the British were faced with. Um, 100,000 people uh, holding M4s and patrolling down Main Street in Anytown, Texas. Uh, to put that in perspective, Northern Ireland is about 2% the size of Texas. So, you know, look at the size of our country. Then there's the fact that the most, that most significant political split in America is between rural and coastal areas like we talked about. Now, Red America is overrepresented with the armed forces. Most of the soldiers come from rural America, okay? And as such, U.S. doesn't have enough soldiers that they could really rely on willing to pick up arms and go shoot Uncle Bob, okay? So it's a recipe for mutiny and disobedience. And finally, there's an even greater elephant in the room. In the case of an American drone pilot accidentally blowing up a bunch of people, innocent civilians, now if an American drone pilot blows up a bunch of innocent civilians, guess where he lives? Here. And I don't know about you, but it seems like the news is good at leaking names. And the next thing you know, here that guy is that was in charge of that drone finds out that he's got people on his doorstep. They found out where he lived and or where worse, his family they don't even They don't even do that. Right, exactly. Now, again, going back to modern times in Northern Ireland, the provisional IRA not only attacked soldiers, they made it a habit of assassinating the officers and the commanders and the politicians. They even got Lord Mountbatten, if you'll remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a near miss uh, getting Margaret Thatcher. So, again, you know, when you're fighting that kind of insurgency, it changes the rules considerably. Now, here again, the ranks of America's military, too, are sitting there in a kind of a, a strange situation now. You know that they couldn't have been real happy with the decisions in pulling out of Afghanistan and the way it was done. And so you've got to wonder, you know, how how dedicated is the U.S. military right now to following their current commander-in-chief and taking the orders of a, of a new wo- woke administration. So that's another issue. 
Now, folks, if civil war to break, were to break out, we here in Missouri would be in the same mess we were in during the last war. Kansas City, Columbia, and St. Louis would all side with the federal government and its forces. Martial law would be declared. Citizens would be forced to choose a side, and those opposed to federal control would challenge that occupation and fight a long and extremely bloody guerrilla war. Bear in mind, during the last Civil War, like I say, the Union had stationed 80,000 troops in here to chase down several hundred guerrillas, and they fought for four years. I mean, they couldn't do it. They called them the Gray Ghosts, these guerrillas here in, in the country. Now, the federal government waged war not only on the guerrillas, but on the citizens, and that was their big mistake. And in essence, how many times have you heard people recently say, you know, I don't care what they do up there, just leave me alone. You know, they can be mad as hell at these far-right groups, but didn't we just hear, you know, them saying that we're all a bunch of, uh, what were we, anti-fascists, or semi-fascists, right, and lumped everybody together. Mm-hmm. That's the scary thing. Now, I pray it never comes to a civil war, because... All you have to do is look at our history. More U.S. casualties, as I say, were suffered in our Civil War than in any war we've ever been in. And the sad thing is, despite those losses, we find ourselves fighting today over the same issues that we had in 1860. And so it's not so much the issue... Uh, you know, we don't have slavery now. Some people would argue that. I could say wage slavery. But the bottom line is the same issue that triggered the last Civil War is laying there on the table and it never got resolved, and that is federal versus state power. And that's what we're seeing today. And all the things you see on your news, national news, take it back to the root cause of what that news media issue was. And it comes down to the federal government saying, this is what we're going to do. And the states are saying, hell no, I'm not gonna. And so push has come to shove. And and unfortunately, I see us uh, pushing this to the point where we're going to have to make a decision. You know, do we bow down and just say, okay, fine, they're in charge? Or do we go back to the original writings of our Constitution and Mm -hmm. say, no, the states have the power. And really, the whole whole uh, issue on, uh, on uh, abortion, what that was is the federal government had stepped in and saying, okay, we're going to make abortion legal nationwide. Nowhere in the Constitution did they have that authority. And the Supreme Court looked at that and realized they're right. It's not in there. Mm-hmm. And so they turned it back over to the states. And that's what we're seeing now. Some states say it's okay. Some don't. That is it, what happened there, that decision was anti-Civil War. It was, it was pro-federalism. Let the people decide. And when we get into all this, this whole thing about uh, immigration, where we see these guys shipping these folks from Texas up to Chicago and all, now all of a sudden Chicago's throwing a fit. Well, bottom line is, guys, it's the states that should have the jurisdiction in these things, not the federal government. And again... Any issue that comes to the forefront, I encourage you, go back and look at those documents. Look at the Constitution and look at what the powers of the federal government are. Look up enumerated powers and tell me if the issue on the news right now is one of those things. Because I don't see anything in there about the Green New Deal or education or the EPA. I could go down the list on and on and on. So... That's what I got for you today. And, you know, like I say, I I encourage people, do your research and look what's going on. Enumerated powers, huh? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Things like coining money and providing a military and a post office. 
Okay, that, these are things on your list of 33 things that the federal government can do. When we founded this country, the intention was, the intention was, is that the federal government would be there to handle the international affairs, but to leave us the hell alone here. The enumerated powers, also called expressed powers, explicit powers, or delegated powers of the United States Congress are the powers granted to the federal government of the United States. Granted. Mm-hmm. granted. By who, right? By us. By the United States Constitution. Most of these powers are listed in Article One, Section 8. In summary, Congress may exercise the powers that the Constitution grants it. Grants it again. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're the ruling class and we're the poor suckers that just have to exactly. take it. Exactly. Uh, it says uh, the Constitution grants it, subject to the individual rights listed in the Bill of Rights. Moreover, the Constitution expresses various other limitations on Congress, such as the one expressed by the Tenth Amendment. The power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution or prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people. people. Bingo. Perfect. That's perfect, KB. That's a that's a drop the mic type of thing, you know. So there it is, you know, and when the Supreme Court was faced with this issue with with abortion and all these other issues, they have they're bound by that. That what you just said, they're bound by it. If it's not in the Constitution, you have to give it back to the states. And if they don't do that, well then we're we might as well just trash the whole thing. Historically, Congress and the Supreme Court have broadly interpreted the enumerated powers, especially by deriving many implied powers from them. (laughs) The enumerated powers list in Article 1 include both exclusive federal powers as well as concurrent powers that are shared with the states, and all of those powers are to be contrasted with reserved powers that only the states possess. So then you start to get into that yeah. a little bit. And as Professor Paisley mentioned, a list of enumerated powers of the federal constitution. The Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, and excises to pay the debts and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States, but all duties, imposts, and excises shall be uniform throughout the United States. Uh To borrow on the credit of the United States, to regulate commerce with foreign nations and among the several states uh, and with the Indian tribes, to establish a uniform rule of naturalization and uniform laws of the subject of bankruptcies throughout the United States, to coin money, to provide for the punishment of counterfeiting, uh, and, and just a number of other things here. Right. Uh, and it's interesting, that thing, the, the issue of counterfeiting, the, again, one of the big problems they had, an economic problem that caused so many crises, was the fact that when our country was founded, each state had their own money. Mm-hmm. You had North Carolina dollars, and you had Pennsylvania dollars, and so on and so forth. Well, the problem they ran into is that one Pennsylvania dollar might be worth... 10 times what a South Carolina dollar was. And they finally decided, look, we need to turn around and see if we can't just get one dollar. Everybody on the same page. Yes, yes. And so, you know, again, you can see where where a federal government in that situation would probably be be beneficial to get everybody on the same page. Things like weights and measures even. You know, what's a pound here and what's a pound in in Arkansas? You know, uh, it was so bad that even time was different back then. You could you could be in Jeff City and say, OK, I'll send a message that I'll meet you on noon on Tuesday. But the clock in Westphalia, they ran by their own time. It might they might be two hours ahead. 
And so you'd show up at noon and you're two hours late. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, there, there needs to be some consistency. But again, the, our founding fathers said, here's the limited things that they can do. Let's take a, a very quick phone call as we are up against, uh, almost up against the top of the hour. Let's uh, jump in here and uh, uh, call her. Thank you so much for joining us. You've got uh, about a minute to make your point. Please go right ahead. Hey, good morning. Uh-huh. Uh, this is your brother, uh, Professor. Hey, buddy. And I think it'd be interesting. Hey, I think it'd be really a good idea for people to take a look at the 27 amendments of the Constitution. I bet those people will be surprised what's there. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And think about what else could be added. Yes, exactly. And, and you know, that that's a great point, Tom, in that uh, most people don't take the time to actually just sit down and look at what is the the governing documents and and i think that would be a a fascinating thing and unfortunately they're not teaching it in our schools now and that that's a shame because everybody's just kind of they assume well the federal government says we have to do that and they just assume that's what should happen but what a great point uh you know get out there and, and look at it folks it's right there in front of you it's not hard to read I mean, it was written all the way back in 1789. They wrote it so that you could understand it. Do so. Great, great That's call. Right. Thanks, That make a good show, huh? Yeah, it would be. <laughs> all right. Yeah, great. Right. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Bye. Appreciate the phone call this morning. And and I guess that's important, again, because uh, when we hear about what the federal government would like to do and how they would like to do it, do they have the basis off of which to do something like uh, what they want to do. Look at all of these various uh, organizations and agencies and bureaus that have been created, Mm -hmm. and have they been created within the parameters that have been set aside for such a a bureau or institution or whatever to to be created. Listen, man, great stuff as always. Fun. Look forward to having you back again uh, next Wednesday. Any idea you're a topic? Singularity. Singularity. Computers controlling the world. Ooh, computers and artificial intelligence. Yep. Look out. That's right up your alley, buddy. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Folks, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Thanks to Ike Skelton. Thanks to Professor Jim Paisley on the program tomorrow. Mindy Sales, Danny Ellison, and who knows who else might show up right here on 89.3 KEYK Osage Beach, Missouri. Have yourself an awesome day.